Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose or how to activate that purpose, and you are someone who wants to operate from your highest self to be a force for good you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyer, Anita Adams here, your host. And today I am honored to have as our guest, Moshe Gerst. Moshe is a author of the Wall Street Journal and US Today best-selling book, It's All the Same to Me. He's a TEDx speaker and spiritual teacher who has devoted his life to seamlessly bridging the worlds of the Torah tradition, mystical wisdom, the true nature of the human mind, and our collective struggles. His TEDx talk on happiness has already garnered over a million views. Today, we are going to dive into Moshe's latest book, which is sure to become another bestseller, The Three Conditions, How Intention, Joy, and Certainty Will Supercharge Your Life. Welcome, Moshe. Thank you so much, Anita. What a pleasure to be here. I am so delighted, truly, truly delighted to, to have you as our guest and, and your beautiful presence. Thank you. You, you shine, you radiate, and the, the, your work is so important. It's so important. And I just feel honored to have this time to get to know you a little bit more. Before we get into some of the, the key teachings from your book, I want to know more about your backstory. I have it on good authority that you used to be a rock singer. So how does somebody go from being in a pop punk band to Talmud scholar, rabbi, and being a universal spiritual teacher? Wow. Loaded question. Life story, <laughs> right? So, uh, th and thank you for it. I appreciate it. So I'm born and raised in Los Angeles and being from LA, there's a, you know, the Hollywood entertainment theme kind of runs through the energetic space over here. And I was probably 10 when I realized I was in love with music. Uh, and then from a super young age, uh, just, I, I had been playing classical piano for seven years and then I heard a rock song and then had to get a guitar and from the age 13 to 20 devoted my entire life to to this band uh singer songwriter having a lot of fun uh but it was more than just fun it was like a passion uh we signed to a label uh we were on the radio and mtv when mtv was still a thing and i guess even when people used to listen to the radio uh and touring the country it was a dream it was my dream for sure uh and you know playing with some of my favorite bands uh, an unbelievable life experience um, and a nice anecdote just for this moment. The first rock concert I had ever gone to was uh, a band called Linkin Park, uh, which was really, really big rock band, obviously, in their early 2000s. And really up until recently, this super, super uh, creative, uh, powerful rock band. Uh, and 
last night at one of my events, uh, one of the players from Lincoln Park came to to my event and it was like this amazing mirror experience of, you know, <laughs> when I was 13, I was going to see you and now you're coming to see me. It's like, I, I was just like wow. the, the universe and how it speaks to you. It was like just amazing. What a, what a beautiful experience. So uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm in love with this band. I'm in love with music. Everything's going really, really well. And two things happened at the same time. There was a, uh, coming together of experiences. One of them was my my drummer had gotten involved with drugs in a bad way, uh, got addicted to methamphetamines. And it was the first time I was really seeing on a personal level what you might call the dark side of the entertainment industry. And I was seeing things that were hard to take in as a 19-year-old and then a 20-year-old. Uh, and at the same time, somebody else had asked me how long do I plan on playing music for? And I said, you know, I don't know, I guess until we're successful and then we'll settle down. And he said, when's that? I said, when's what? He said, when is success? And at the time, I think I told him to grab another drink because he was ruining my night. But the but the question itself, when is success, uh, that, that burned in me like a fever. I, I woke up the next morning and the next few weeks, uh, I was thinking a lot about what that looks like. What does that mean? Because... I just was following my heart very, I was raised in a home that really stressed listening to your inner voice, really stressed following your intuition and living in a deep rapport with spirit, with God, with the universe. And I never gave it two thoughts. I just knew I'm, I play music. That's what I do. I'm going to go on the stage and I'm going to play guitar and sing. I never thought about this question of what a success look like. My conclusion after a few months of soul searching was that you can be successful at what you do and potentially still fail at life. That was an option. I was seeing it happen in one of my closest friends. I was seeing it happen in other people in the industry that I found myself in. I didn't know what success was, but I knew the life that I was living wasn't going to lead me to the place where I wanted to be. Uh, and that opened up uh, a space where I walked away from the band that meant walking away from my best friends, my, you know, my family, my label, the managers, the uh, everybody, everybody that's involved, the whole, you know, street team, the, it's, uh, you know, being in a band is a full immersive experience, right? So walking away from that was really challenging. Uh, and I went to Jerusalem to look for truth. You know, that was my, um, you know, Vatican, Mecca, Jerusalem experience. You know, I didn't go to India. My, you know, being, I was raised in a Jewish home. So Jerusalem was the the place you go to look for truth. So I got up and I went uh, and I fell in love with what I found. Uh, not just uh, the people, but the the wisdom, a depth that I'd never seen before, uh, a certain resonance within of spiritual teachings, of morality and consciousness, uh, spiritual development. Uh, I was just enamored. I was completely enamored by everything that I saw. Uh, mm. And then I spent the next 12 years more or less spending uh, 8 to 12 hours a day immersed in study, uh, study prayer, uh, and at some point developed uh, meditation practice as well. So at this point, I feel like I'm even rambling in a story. But like, so that, that that's how I go from band to to Jerusalem is uh, those two things happening, which was kind of this visceral experience of someone going through this challenge and then seeing that this was a theme in the world that I was in, and coming to the recognition that uh, what you do is not a reflection of who you are in the deepest sense, which is directly related to how you view yourself as a success or living a successful life. 
that which we're all looking for. I started finding that in Jerusalem. I started finding that in in ideas and uh, and even there, uh, you know that that took me for a long time. Uh, but it took another six years before I realized that now I had filled my head with a lot of meaning. And my it's almost like there's this experience where people who get excited and they start to awaken, they start digesting tons of podcasts and mm-hmm. and books, every self-help book and spiritual books and going to seminars and running around and looking for a coach and getting a therapist and joining groups. And, you know, you, it's really exciting, you know, in the beginning of an awakening process and going to that next step. And you can, you can get to a place where there, you've, you've got so much information, but it's not yet embodied. Right. So, and almost on some level, I woke up six years later in that process and thought, I know more than I've ever known before, but that intuition that I relied on so deeply that that took me to music and then took me to Jerusalem, I felt that I lost rapport with. Like it's almost like I created a dissonance by filling myself with so many ideas that were outside of me. Right. So although they were resonant, but they weren't coming from within. And that started a second awakening process, which was how do I now uh, find myself in this reality? Uh, find uh, my way back to that place. And specifically, I found that in the teachings of Kabbalah and Hasidus, which are the more mystical side of the Torah tradition. Uh, And in terms of language, finding a lot of confluence of ideas and language in, um, you know, psychology books and New Age spirituality, where they were using, you know, the English language to describe the same um, tools, methods, experiences that I was seeing in ancient books, you know, written thousands of years ago, some of them a few hundred of years ago. Uh, and my life started to come alive in a really powerful and deep way during that. Uh, and then a few years ago, kind of a third awakening experience where I realized that, wow, I, I've been so blessed to to go through so much. And at, a, at an age, you know, that was young enough where I feel like, you know, I can share this, you know, with the world. Um, I, maybe I should do this with my life, you know, full time instead of whatever I was doing at the time. Maybe I can really move into this and start writing and sharing and teaching. Uh, and I've been very blessed these last few years to, to take my experiences from from music, from deep study, from my own challenges internally, uh, and reflect them and, and meet with individuals and write books. So th- I guess that's a, a nice brief outline of, you know, my teenage years, my 20s, and now I'm in my 30s. So here we are. So wonderful. Um, he touched on so many beautiful things. And one, I, I love that you come from a family, how blessed you come from a family that has nurtured that mm-hmm. and encourage you to go inward and connect with your your inner wisdom. I, I, I feel like a, a lot of us are relearning that, are trying to remember that's what we come from and just that you had a family that instilled that in you right from the the get-go is really a beautiful blessing um to have so that's that's beautiful and i i love what you also said about um the second awakening that you were so caught up and excited about learning and expanding that you stopped tuning in as much you were looking outward and you had to be reminded to come back in i feel that that message may, may very 
um, well be for me right now in this moment, because I'm in that that space where I'm so hungry for knowledge. I'm so hungry to expand that I have to remind myself to tune inward, to to go inward. My process for doing that is to and and physical reminder is to step into nature. Mm. Is my for me is my portal to my highest self and a physical reminder to connect. So, um, and I have stepped away from that recently and I'm I'm just getting back into that, that journey inward, that inward journey, which is so beautiful. So beautiful, thank you. Yeah, I speak to a lot of authors and other speakers, teachers, seekers who are involved in, uh, in this kind of work. And I find a lot, you know, it's when, when you are working on spiritual projects, right? Now you're in it as a project and not just your own inner growth. Those are the times where we need to actually double down on our spiritual practices, on the things that keep us connected. Because even when we're doing spiritual work, sometimes, and I can say this for myself for sure, when I'm working on a book or when I'm working on you know, a book tour or I'm, I'm doing anything that's outward focused, I'm in the outward flow, uh, those are the times in my life where I need to double in. So if my normal meditation is about a half an hour. Those are the times where I need an hour in the day, right? If I'm, you know, spending, you know, 20 minutes of, of learning or a half an hour of learning, I want to double that in my day. Whatever it is that I'm doing, I know that I need more of it in the time when I'm in the outward flow than when things are calm, if you will, or, you know, steady and normal. That is so good to hear. I think that it's very timely for me particularly to hear it. And I'm sure others listening to this will go, yes. <laughs> so thank you. All right, let's 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 talk about uh, your new book, The Three Conditions, How Intention, Joy, and Certainty Will Supercharge Your Life. Can we start with you simply telling us more about these these three conditions? Yeah, so the, the three conditions Maybe we'll start with the word supercharged and why why that you know if that's the goal is a supercharged life what that means. So we're, we are born and one day we check out and then there's the life we live in between. And this life we live in between can be lived in different ways, right? So there's one way where you go through life over here, but you could also go through life you know at a higher vibration at a higher frequency. And uh, a supercharged life is one where you're in such deep rapport with your own inner truth and the truth of reality, that uh, joy becomes the natural uh, expression because essentially joy is our natural state. When we uh, pull away all the trappings of the mind, you know, all the thoughts, stories, dramas that we create in our own head. So when we're living in this higher space, uh, we not only psychologically benefit because we are positive, at peace, enthusiastic, loving, kind, compassionate, uh, but we're also energetically and spiritually uh, bringing more of that into our lives, you know, because there is a, you know, uh, a, a law of resonance or a mirror effect where what we're putting out into the world, that's what we're receiving. So by tuning into this higher space, this higher frequency, obviously, you know, all spiritual paths uh, essentially teach uh, some very, very basic underpinnings, right? There, there are these universal values that no matter what path you're in or what religion you're in, it, when you get to that place where you're living in that gratitude, that love, that joy, that that peace, uh, everything changes. It's a supercharged reality, and that means it's filled with energy, good energy, loving energy, compassionate energy. Um, so that's the goal, right? So if 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 that's the goal, and that is my the answer to a success, the answer to the original question of what is success, right? It's, it's a success is to be living in this deep rapport with self lowercase and capital S, self, uh, source, 
So how do we get there and how do we live in that space more often where we we can diminish the time where we're unconscious and expand the time that we are conscious? So the three conditions are intention, certainty, and joy. Simply, and then maybe we can double click on them, but simply intention is a return to self, a return to your essential intention for living. What am Who am I and what am I doing here? Living an authentic connection with self. Uh, what you call to tuning in, right? So when you're tuning in to that inner self, that inner voice, um, and unabashedly living living your life, not as with an explanation, but as an exclamation, this is who I am, and I'm, uh, I know the truth of who I am. Uh, certainty is about awakening to the truth of what life is beyond uh, you, right? So we live in a world of duality, even though there's a, a non-dual underlying energy, We live in a world where we see things as separate and there's a me and a you and uh you know there's a you and a room you're in so in a in the world of duality so we have you and then everything else certainty is leaning in to the notion that the everything else of your life call it the universe spirit god the the bigness that that which surrounds you and fills you um, is one that is good progressive evolutionary guiding directing involved personal uh, caring and moving in the right direction. Certainty is not about a, a certain outcome as much as it's about a certain process that things are being guided and directed, moving uh, in the right direction. So, so it's a it's a fundamental belief about the the universe. Yes, if 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 intention reflects as I believe that I'm good and able, certainty reflects I believe the universe is loving and supportive. Okay. So having that certainty that I'm living in a world that is loving and supportive. That's right. So it's not certainty about certain outcomes in one's life. The same way that intention isn't about setting goals. When I'm using the word intention, I'm talking about reaching for our highest intention of who we are. It's Mm -hmm. It's an awakening to the truth of self. And certainty is a reflection of awakening to the truth of the world we find ourselves in, right? So one that is loving and supportive. To the degree that those two things are in alignment, that you do uh, associate with yourself and the world you're in as one that is good, loving, positive, evolutionary, uh, working out in layman's terms, that things are things are working out, I'm working out, I'm okay, the world is okay. Uh, we drop our preconceived notions of what we were told the world is, what we might physically or emotionally experience the world to be and go to a deeper place of presence where one experiences their natural state of joy, love, peace. And that's why joy is that third condition, uh, the the barometer or measuring stick to let you know that the first two are there, right? So mm-hmm. if you are feeling frustrated, unhappy, angry, disgruntled, whatever, any sort of negative feeling, so you can, in that moment, you can stop and say, where where am I disconnecting? Is it, am I mad at myself? Is this about me or is this about the life that I'm in? Uh, you can usually pretty quickly figure out what's the issue. Is this somebody else, which in that case, you're you're not seeing them as being a support a supportive part of your human experience. Um, or maybe there's some self-flagellation that's happening and you're beating yourself up for something that you did earlier that day and that's why you're feeling down. I'm, try- I'm trying to make life simple for people. All there is, is you and how you perceive everything that surrounds you. And it's either good or it's not. 
I love that. Thank you so much for this. I, and it's it's sparking some um, more questions. First off, I really love the idea of joy as a barometer. And I've never, ever once thought of it that way. And, and joy is a big part of the message that I feel compelled to share with the world and, and connecting with joy. Um, where, when am I disconnected using when you're not when you're not happy or when you're not feeling the joy using that as a barometer? I think it's, that's so powerful. And then you can t- you can tune in and figure out where is that that disconnect. And uh, I, I really love that. So thank you for giving that tool. I want to talk about the certainty um, aspect, particularly in the light of what's going on in the world today, um, because it doesn't feel for a lot of people very certain. Um, it does not feel for a lot of people like a kind, loving, supportive world. How do we how do we come to terms with that? Yeah. And and that's the right question. It's certainly the question of the moment. And mm. I think it's been the question of history. Mm. This is this is what we're doing. Uh but let's first, before we we get micro, let's look at macro just for a moment. So macro, we look at the last, just let's look at the last 5,000 years, things are getting better, mm. right? If we just, if we just take a step back and look at facts on the ground, life has gotten better for the collective and every individual, both in terms of how we look at e- each other as human beings, uh, morality, uh, uh, a world that has evolved in terms of their understanding of nature, of uh, spirit, of how we exist, how we uh, coexist together. Um, obviously, uh, medical, technological, uh, societal, in in every in every element, we have we have grown leaps and bounds. You just look at you know every kind of thousand year mark, and then in the last thousand years, every hundred year mark, right? And then maybe in the last hundred years, every ten year mark, right? There's just there's movement. There's movement. We've been moving in a direction, um, and I think. You probably will agree with me as I, I feel like we're kindred spirits in many ways that there's a great awakening that's even happening this moment. We're sitting in an awakening of individuals and all the pain and suffering that we experience pushes us deeper in. Some it's going to push away, but for many others, that's what creates the space of awakening. Um, the same way that most individuals who find themselves on a spiritual path went through a challenge at some point to to start an awakening process, collectively, that's what we've been doing on and off for thousands of years, right? That, And so when we look outside and we look in the world, before we get micro, just looking macro for a little bit, what we are going through now, right? It's 2023 in this moment. This is going to set up a lot of things that down the down the line, whether we can point to them or not, are going to be outgrowths of the pain that we're in now. And initiatives are going to be started and programs are going to be started and peace initiatives are going to be. I mean, so much is going to happen now because of what's happening in the world. We never pray for the tragedy. We don't want things to go wrong. But when they do... What makes them bad is when they're isolated and fragmented. But when we put them back into the macro, nothing is out of place in the in the general sense of how you look at reality. Things are moving forward. Um, and that's a testament to the world we find ourselves in, right? So Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that perspective. And it resonates as deep truth um, within me as well. Um, I see that. I, I feel that there there is a great awakening happening and i find there's so much hope for the future when i put 
put those lenses on and I, and I step back and I look at the, the, the big picture. So thank you for reminding me and yeah, the of that. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, but I think we have to address the micro also, uh, because whether it's, you know, look, I live in Israel. I was there on October 7th. I was there for the three weeks following and, uh, tremendous unrest, uh, a deep existential anxiety, um, grieving, um, mm-hmm. uh, being in the, in the micro and experiencing uh, tragedy and suffering, uh, that's not the right time to say, don't worry, it's all working out, <laughs> right? It's all okay. Uh, that's the inappropriate, insensitive response, even if that's true in the macro. In, the, in, that, in those moments, what certainty is, is because at some deep level, that is still true, that is still uh, an underlying belief, it allows you to be present with what's happening without being in absolute resistance to the experience. Um, you can be there and be present for that and know that you'll deal with this later. So it, it almost, it packages and softens the pain of the micro experience. It doesn't change it, right? It doesn't change when, you know, when bad things happen and what is bad, bad is whenever we can't see how it's associated with God and with a good force. Right. So whenever we, whenever there's a massive disconnect. And so like, you know, when people are being, you know, murdered, God forbid, and you know, kidnapped and when innocent people are finding their lives, you know, in shambles uh, or, or lost. So we all mourn that collectively. Certainty creates space to mourn, to be there, to be present and then to not let that become your whole life once you then, it really allows you to then move on and continue to move forward. Because for those of us who are still here, right? For those of us who um, are on the other side of a trauma, so certainty allows you to now keep moving. Meaning life still, we don't we don't get to stop time. Life still goes on. Uh, and almost a bigger tragedy than a person going through a trauma is if if they don't find the help to then process that trauma and move forward, because a trauma can happen in a moment, right? It can be a single experience. Um, but the lack of ability to then process that, to heal from that, to move forward from that, uh, that's a tragedy of a whole life. And so certainty is really hoping to create the space for someone to be able to lean in and say, okay, uh, even what's happening with me, maybe maybe I can't look at that today, but maybe in two weeks, in two months, in two years, I can hold space for that. And I think if you speak to a lot of people, they they will tell you that some of the deepest and darkest moments of their life were the turning points for good in many other areas of their life. Uh, and, and maybe that won't be true for everybody. And maybe they're not there yet. And um, But it, it doesn't take away from the essential truth, even though the mm-hmm. processing is different when you're going through it or when someone close to you is going through it. Yeah. So true. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. Let's let's go back to these three conditions. How do we embody them? How do we embody these three conditions? Yeah. So, I mean, I, for me, intention is really, there's a reason I started the book with that condition to be the uh, kind of the headline of where we start from, because I think that's the first place we start to disconnect. Uh, which is trying to be someone for the world we find ourselves in. Uh, Embodying the idea of intention uh, is really about reconnecting to the essential self, right? It's a return to self. So how do you return to self? The first step is identifying 
the the person that you've created, meaning what, what are your thoughts? What are your values? What are your beliefs? And start to see them. Uh, it's becoming really mindful of what's going on in your head and in your heart uh, in the process. Until we can make our unconscious beliefs conscious, right? And I don't mean your subconscious, right? There, there are two layers. There's your conscious thoughts, and then there are your unrealized conscious thoughts, right? They're there. You're thinking them, you're still believing them, but you're unaware that they're even happening. They're the screen that you don't notice is there. So there's a, a point along the way where if a person truly wants to get to them, to their deeper self, uh, we stop and we look We say, oh, well, what, what is in front of me? What What is the screen by which I look through and then see the world that I'm having, my interpretations? Uh, so whether that's taking up a meditation practice um, or a journaling practice, uh, but it's about becoming conscious and aware of, okay, well, what are the thoughts that I'm thinking? What are the feelings that I'm having and where are they coming from? And it's uh, it's it's learning to, on some level, mentally catalog your story. This is my story. These are the things that I get upset about in my life. These are the things that bother me. These are the things that I want. Uh, this is this is how I normally react mentally, emotionally, physically to events. Uh, in the book, I talk about uh, the map of your inner experience, recognizing that what you feel is a product of what you're thinking, and what you're thinking is a product of what you believe. Right. So whenever you're feeling a certain way, use that as your guide, as your starting point for okay, I'm feeling, I don't know, irritated. Okay, if I'm feeling irritated, that means I'm having an a thought that's irritated, right? If I'm feeling stress stressful, I'm having a thought that's stressful. You know, what is that thought really identifying it? Uh, and then from that place, going in and saying, okay, well, this thought exists. That means that there's a, an underlying belief that's behind it. What am I believing that keeps this thought alive, right? Mm -hmm. Once you get all the way in, belief isn't who you are, but it's that first layer of clothing. It's the thing that we're most identified with behind how we're feeling, how we're thinking. And now once you get to that place, you can now question, do, do I do I choose this? You know, belief is a choice. We don't think about it that way, but all our beliefs are a choice. Most of our beliefs we were handed when we were young or we adopted in a young age, uh, even if no one told it to us explicitly. And uh, part of this process of personal growth is going in and I just identifying, oh, I'm because I'm believing this about either myself or about the world, I'm having all of these thoughts that make me feel, you know, I'm complaining. I'm complaining about the person in front of me in line. And why am I complaining about them? Because, you know, I believe that either maybe there's an entitlement belief or maybe there's a, uh, you know, uh, a belief about, you know, things not working out for me. You know, there's a chaotic belief about the world. So by going in, that to me is really the first step in all growth. It's taking a, an honest look at who we are, who we've created, who we've co-created, this personality that with, has all these opinions and all these thoughts and all these beliefs. And then from there, uh, the practices of letting go. How do you let go? Right? That's the, let the question. It, How do right? you let go? <laughs> How do you let go? Um, again, I like the language that you used earlier, which is about you know tuning in and going deeper. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I found, the at least the most direct way into this, is uh, developing a, a practice of meditation where you're sitting there and you do, you spend time in that space and you love, you, you learn to bring love and compassion to those areas. So uh, let's take an example of somebody who maybe grew up in a home that was a bit volatile. And so now they have a 
a picture of the world that has maybe a little bit more chaos than order. And so when when things happen that are chaotic, maybe they've developed a cynicism and a sar sarcastic response to reality. Um, but it, it comes with pain, right? So that sarcastic response that you know to reality when things aren't going well, um, now they're now they're sitting there feeling frustrated about reality, and and so that expresses itself as you know some sarcastic remark, and now they're they're kind of pushing it out into the world. But even if you're slightly awake. Right, and you realize, wow, I'm I'm sarcastic. I'm feeling this pain. Like I don't want to feel this pain. I'm upset about reality. So, the first practice I, I and I sit down with many people, and we'll we'll work through a lot of emotions together. And you will sit down and you'll say, okay, where is that in your body? Right, where's the feeling? Right, it's the feeling in in your chest. Is it in your abdomen? Is it in your shoulders? Where is it? Sometimes it's in your face. You, can you feel it in your in your cheeks? Where where, where is the feeling most um, expressed? And what's it? What's the name? Yeah, what what exactly is the name of this feeling? And if you'd rate it one through ten, right? It's a lot. There's a lot of different um, healing modalities that just want to bring you into. Can you see and feel and name where you are in that space? And then once you're there, it's it's we think letting go means pushing away, but letting go is actually embracing. It's the opposite, right? It's it's not pushing the feeling out or pushing the thought away. It's saying, I see you, I feel you, you can stay, you're okay, you're allowed, you're allowed to feel this way, you're allowed to have that thought. I'm allowed to have this thought. I don't have to be different than this. I don't have to believe you, I don't have to take you seriously, I don't have to act on this but you're allowed to stay. I love you. And when you do that, you're actually going into your higher mind. It requires you going to your higher self to say that to the, the other part of you. That's You're now going beyond your beliefs. You're going beyond that, the thought system that you've created. And from that place, you are now um, associating with the lower parts of you. That's incredibly powerful. And I what I love about it is that it, it's all about coming from a place of love, love for for self and embracing self. And I've been guilty of trying to push away those feelings. I had I've had uh, the experience just yesterday again. You know the the self doubt that that comes in with this journey that I'm on, and uh, and and I just like why am I why is this coming up again? You know, and almost angry at myself for feeling the self-doubt instead of just trusting the process, which is what I teach my clients. <laughs> Yet here I am feeling, you know, the, the anger towards myself for feeling the self-doubt. Um, so I, I feel like, again, I, this is something I needed to hear to embrace it, um, to embrace it. And that mm. is really standing in a place of love for self. And that's, that's how we, we change the world, isn't it? By loving self first. Yeah, and that and that love is uh it comes from a perception or perspective of non-resistance, right? Mm -hmm. So in your example that you gave, which was like, I should be different already, or I shouldn't be having these thoughts already. Um, so it's resisting the reality that you are having these thoughts already. <laughs> you you are there, right? And we're we're all doing that. We're always doing that, right? It's that's the growth. The growth isn't you know, one day I'm going to wake up and I'm a Buddha and I'm just, yeah, like, you, know, yeah. you know, or I'm, I'm, a, I'm right. I'm a righteous sage. It's, no, that's, that's not really what it looks like unless you decide, you know, someone once told me uh, maybe 15 years ago, I was looking at this, uh, there's a, a 
there was a big, big rabbi. He passed away um, a few years back, but a big rabbi in Jerusalem. And I went to go see him and just holiness exuding off of his face and and joy and 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 depth. It was amazing. And I looked and I said, oh, how do I become that? Yeah. And this uh, other person looked at me and said, well, you know, to, to become him, you know, you have to buy the whole package, right? And, you know, the whole package in his uh, experience was, you know, he was home for maybe a half an hour a day. He spent his entire day in study, prayer, and meditation, and he didn't eat very much. And he, you know, if he wasn't learning, then he was teaching. I Meaning, it was a very, it's a very rigorous life that he chose, right? So it's like, you you can have that. Do you, do you want that whole package? I don't know if everybody wants that particular experience because we're not all here for that particular experience. So the moment that we realize that our mentors and these guiding lights are not there to teach us to become like them, but to teach us how to find ourselves. And they teach that because they were themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this individual or this particular righteous human being, what he taught me was if I lean deeply into the truth of who I am, I, I won't look like that, but I will look like the version of myself, which is exuding that same light and that same love. It's just, it's going to be different. So we all have to find that version for ourselves. And it's not to resist the path along the way. The path is one of in and out and up and down and processing. Uh, but the peace gets deeper and the time we spend in presence gets deeper and the love gets deeper and it's a process and we, we're not going to show up there overnight. And we don't want to be. I don't, we, I don't think we would be here having this, you know, evolutionary inner experience uh, if it weren't meant to be that way. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, thank you again for sharing that. And I guess that that's the the awakening to the truth of who you are that you're you're talking about, isn't it? And and it yes. is it is a journey. It's an in and out. And and that every time you you come out and you go back in, you go deeper, don't you? And I, I feel that. I definitely feel that. Like the the self doubts for me personally are far fewer than they were, you know, a couple of years ago. And there's this deepening love for self um, in the in that journey and that deepening sense of presence to what mm -hmm. is. Um, so yeah, I see that. And it's good to be reminded about it. Awesome. All right, your your last book was about inner peace. And the three conditions seem to be more about happiness. Is there a difference between happiness and inner peace? Yeah, I mean, I would use the word joy more than happiness here, which is, I think that's why I use the the language um, in the title, intention, joy, and certainty. But yes, there is a difference between happiness and peace. Um, happiness is the experience when subjectively you judge it as being good, favorable. I like it. Um, and sadness will be when I feel a sense of loss, a lack of it. Like if happiness is expansion, you know, sadness is a, is a feeling of loss um, and retreat. I don't like it and it's bad. Um, but joy can be there whether you're happy or sad. And joy is something deeper. Um, I think we naturally think of joy as a smiley face and a happy dance, but it's, uh, but it's more subtle. It's like this, um, if happiness is a, uh, is radiant, uh, joy is a glow. The glow can always be there, yeah? And it is more in alignment with peace, like inner, that that same inner peace that I'm speaking about in It's All the Same to Me, uh, that's more in alignment with, with joy. 
Mm. Uh, the difference between the two books is it's all the same to me uh, is about a concept called hishtavos in Torah. That's the word for sameness or uh, equanimity comes from the word shave, which means equal or the same. And the title, even though pe- people make a lot of jokes about it, uh, it's all the same to me. My brother says he's going to write a book called it's all the same to him. Uh, because it's like, you know, what do you mean? It's not the same. The whole, everything is different. But the the concept over there in sameness is really about, it's all God to me. It's all source to me. It's all spirit to me. It's all one to me, right? That's the same because on the surface, everything's different. Um, but when we start to dig a little bit beyond our own ego and beyond the shell of this world, uh, we we can start to touch that sameness. There's an infinite light. That, that exists for everyone. Uh, in most uh, wisdom traditions and spiritual traditions, you you can break down reality into many layers. So I think the the most basic is, you know, physical and spiritual, right? Surface and underneath the surface. Uh, and then in, if you go one step deeper, you'll find that there's three layers that are often broken down, which is, you know, material, and then energy and information, and then source or oneness, infinite, right? Uh, and and it, there's a breakdown through. And we can break it down even more so it's all the same to me as about touching that very top, you know, the infinite oneness source where there's a a wellspring of love and joy and peace that comes from there. And the three conditions is really trying to help us process going first from our more material, experiential reality, uh, and, and now touching the energy and information that guides that experience. Uh, and if we are so blessed, if we can live in that space a little bit. Now we can even open up the gates to some of that infinite light to come through into our minds, into our hearts, and then flow into our actions and our words. Um, so I would say that's the maybe the difference between the books. I think in like kind of modern new age lingo, they speak about, you know, 3D, 4D, 5D. So if if it's all the same to me is straight to the 5D, uh, the three conditions is trying to bridge us into the 4D and then touch into that higher space, right? So that uh, it's it's not just, you know, we don't just jump to the top of the ladder. There's a ladder. We we climb rungs, and and the mind is an important part of of this experience. Yeah, beautiful. I have so many so many more questions I want to ask you, but in time the time that we have allotted, um, I'm just going to ask you this last this last question. This show, the Joyful Journey, is about learning how to access inner wisdom and our higher self. The ultimate goal of this is to heighten the collective consciousness, to move us into a kinder, more compassionate world. What is one thing you think we can do as individuals to harmonize humanity? Mm. I think it starts with finding quiet in our own self. If we want peace in the world, we need peace within. Peaceful people do peaceful things. Uh, loving people do loving things. Everything that's happening in the world is important. Activism is important. All the all the pieces are important. Um, but your shine, it changes the world whether you speak or not, whether you write or not, whether you do or not. You holding that frequency of of silence inside where you're not fighting yourself anymore and you're not fighting the world anymore and that light becomes natural. Everywhere you go, you will lift up the planet. You talk about elevating the collective consciousness when you are connected to God and connected to your soul and you walk into a supermarket, the room feels it and they don't know why. And when you smile at the person at the cash register, uh, her day or his day is affected for the better. 
And, you know, when you're driving down the street and you get the green light and you say thank you in your heart and you, you're living with gratitude, uh, the people on the street don't know why, but their day just got better. The, we are changing the world by changing ourselves. And it is not cliche and it is not uh, a new story. This is an old story and it's the deepest story of of the, of the collective is recognizing that, you know, the same way that every cell in your body is what makes up the whole of you, right? You want all the cells to be working. You you can't change all the cells at once, right? Each one is its own piece. So finding that place of inner stillness, that that love that's natural when you're not fighting with yourself and with your reality anymore, uh, you are doing more for the world by doing that for yourself uh, than, I don't know, than, than many other things we might be spending our time doing. I love that answer so much. Thank you. It's beautiful. I understand you have a gift that you want to uh, give to uh, our listeners that um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, and it leads into your your book. Yeah, there's a a link that I'm, I'm sure if you don't have it, I'll, I'll send it to you. I have uh, it. <laughs> where, uh, where we are, we're giving away some uh, a chapter. I think actually, if you get the chapter and and you like it, and then you you get the book, there's there's some other free gifts. There's some meditations and some other pieces that come along that as well. But there's a free chapter that people can get uh, right now uh, on the website. You can go to moshegersh.com and uh, there'll be a pop up or something somewhere where it tells you if you fill this in, you get your free your free piece from the book. Um, and I certainly hope you enjoy uh, that element of the book. Yeah. But and and look, joy is waiting for you, right? That we're here in the joyful journey together, right? So joy is waiting for all of us. I'm happy to be a part of it in any way that I can be. Awesome. So wonderful to have you join us today, Moshe. It's just been a, a, a real privilege. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it here. And um, I'm excited about reading your book. And I strongly encourage listeners to check it out as well. Um, we've had the honor to hear just a, a, a little bit of the wisdom this uh, beautiful soul has shared with us. And there's much more to be, much more to be absorbed from his from his work so please do check it out thank you again for joining us and joyful journeyer thank you for tuning in please share this with anybody you think would uh, benefit from it leave a rate the show leave a review those those comments those reviews go a long way to helping us reach more people and ultimately raise the collective consciousness so be part of that movement with us thank you again and we'll we'll catch you next time bye for now Thank you for joining me on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking and you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.